Hello, everyone, and welcome to another show of Fan Up Fitness and Nutrition Ultimate Podcast. My name is Coach Greg, head coach of the LFA. Today, I am joined by Allison Blod. Allison, say hello. Therapist, uh, working, specializing in menopausal women's health. Awesome. Awesome. I, Allison, I think you cut out a little bit there. Why don't you say that again? Yeah, uh, my name's Alison Blod, and I'm a, a registered nutritional therapist. I specialize in women's health during the menopausal transition. There we go. There we go. Now, what is what is a registered nutritional therapist do? Yeah, that's that's such a really good question, Greg, because most people don't really understand what a nutritional therapist does. Mm -hmm. it, it is obviously very based on nutrition, but a nutritional therapist um, uses nutritional science to put together programs, health plans, lifestyle modifications to help people improve their health, basically. You know, you, people that have chronic illnesses or, or really need help with, with the whole um, you know, it's not just about nutrition, it's about lifestyle as well. Uh, and nutritional, ma majority of nutritional therapists work with the functional medicine model, where you look at the whole person and you really, it's like peeling back the layers of an onion. You really, really get to the root causes of the problem and, and help the person, you know, support them in, in all ways with nutrition and, and lifestyle modifications using the latest nutritional science because the nutritional industry moves and we, you know, we change a yeah. lot on what we're thinking. I mean, not many years ago in the seventies, eighties, we were told that we shouldn't eat fat, you know, mm -hmm. it's a good example. And, and now we're suddenly turning around and saying, well, actually, you know, we need fat, like good, healthy fat. So it's really based on the latest nutritional science. So, you know, you're really giving people the, the facts out there because there's a lot of misinformation in the nutritional field yeah i always like to uh resort to um and i don't know when you know obviously different parts you're you're not from for those listening allison's not from america if you couldn't tell <laughs> <laughs> um but i don't know when you guys you know learned about the no fat thing but i like to you know tell people that um harvard medicine in the US came out with the, the article about, you know, you, you should do low fat, you shouldn't eat fat, fat is bad for you in 2006. And then 10 years later, 2016, maybe nine years later, 2015, they came out and said, you shouldn't eat carbs. So literally like within a decade, they were like super controversial. So it's always, it's always changing. It's, it's super interesting to like read back into like the seventies and eighties, even the sixties of like what people used to believe about nutrition. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how it's changed. And, you know, it's so I can really understand how it's so confusing for people because there's so many mixed messages out there. And I think, you know, I was brought up in the, the 70s, 80s and so many people that like anti-fat wave, it's really hard to get over that with some people because they just think, you know, fat is the enemy. So oh, it's, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Now, how long have you been a registered nutritional therapist? I have worked in the health and wellness industry for over 30 years, and I've been working as a nutritional therapist for the last five years. But I worked uh, initially when I um, came into the health industry, I worked as an esthetician. Really? Uh, specifically, yeah, specifically working with women's hormonal skin problems. And it, that kind of led me into 
the, the menopause and the perimenopause for women because that is the time they can really develop you know all of a sudden when you're 45 you can just suddenly develop acne so I really specialized in hormone health and, and skin health and it, it then it made me realize very soon that I, it wasn't just the outside it was the inside that mattered you know mm-hmm. it's what you eat is so crucial to how you feel and, and everything so yeah so yeah oh yeah we're gonna dive deep on that you know what you eat and your hormones and all that stuff but first um you said you work mostly with women's health are all of your all of your clients and everyone you've worked with ever all women i yeah i, I mean i've worked with menopause and perimenopause and that obviously is an area where it is women yeah um i've had the odd male client but it is it it's 99.9 percent women that i work with yeah okay okay and where do you typically see the age range for for menopause the, the di- there's a different stages of menopause yeah uh, the perimenopause, which is is the first, if you say it's the first stage, and that on average starts at the age of 45. It, it mm-hmm. obviously varies for many people because it is very individual. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's 45. And that's really where your, your hormones are. They're kind, they're, you're still fertile. You can still get pregnant. You're still having periods. But your hormones start to kind of fluctuate. And, and go up and down and, and that's what can create you know all these symptoms that we know are related to, to menopause mm-hmm. like hot flashes and weight gain etc and then that goes on roughly to the age of 51 and then you go into what we call menopause and and really what menopause is is when you haven't had a period for a year solid you are then in menopause because then you you've stopped ovulating and you can't you're not fertile anymore. Mm-hmm. And then the, the time after that really is um, post menopause. So it, again, it varies age age wise, but menopause is around 51 years old. And then post menopause is, you know, it's the, the rest of your life. And women, you know, you can live 30 plus years in, in this state. So it's really important to have that quality of life and look after your health. Yeah. That's it's crazy. I couldn't imagine going through that <laughs> as a man, <laughs> as a man, I couldn't imagine going through that. No, I, I think, it, you know, there's, there's so many things that go on in the woman's body, but I mean that there are, you know, men, there's no research to back this up, but there are, you know, people that say, you know, men go through some sort of transition during this time. Oh yeah. Well. But you know, it's not, really the same as a woman it's not like this hormone related as uh, as a woman's transition oh yeah yeah i've heard that too i've i've read some of those studies quote unquote studies um that you know there are studies but like i don't know i think it's more just us us men we see what happens to a woman we're just like whoa and then we have our midlife crisis because we're like i don't want to deal with that <laughs> exactly it's more it's more of a midlife crisis probably isn't the natural uh but i suppose i mean testosterone in in, in men does decline with age so i mean that yeah. that would have an effect on on certain things so yeah. oh yeah 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 and that's that's something that i've never looked into maybe maybe you'll look into it you'll become you work with both women and men we don't know um and i know testosterone does go down later with age and everything um as as does everything else you know everything 
ages and gets worse. But, you know, today we're going to talk about menopause. So um, real quick, run me through kind of how you run clients through their stages of menopause and how you would help them. Yeah, um, I have a real wide range of clients. The majority of them are 40 years old you know i've had clients in their 80s so it's it's very even though i I concentrate on perimenopause and menopause it's it's very obviously very female health uh yeah uh and you know naturally when you come into that age you will start having issues because of the hormone levels declining or fluctuating so what what i do when when with my clients is i work very individually with them because we're all individual and we all need different you know whether it's nutrition or lifestyle or whatever it is yeah so they would come to me and I would do a very in-depth health uh, questionnaire and, and this is really as we spoke before about the functional medicine model where you you know you go back to when a person was a child and you really look at what's happened in their life and how that may be related to certain illnesses or um, things that have happened to them and reasons why they're feeling like they're feeling now. And it's actually fascinating to do what we call a timeline mm-hmm. where, you, you know, you look at the traumatic events that's happens in people's lives and, you know, you can really see where these health issues have started and majority of them have, are in line with certain events or operations or medication or, or whatever that's happened in your life. So it's really fascinating to see that and get a real picture of the person. And then I do testing if needed. I work with different um, functional medicine testing laboratories. So depending on what the person's needs, you can do stool testing, which is fascinating, where you can really see everything that's going on in the the digestive tract, all the the microbiome and the bacteria, etc., um if if i think maybe someone's got mineral or vitamin deficiencies we would test for that you can do something called the dutch test which is is a hormone uh test which really gives you a whole, whole panel of of you know what's going on hormone wise so testing and then once i've got all that information together i then put together a, a health plan for the client mm-hmm. and this involves you know giving them meal plans telling them what you know they should be eating uh, and then lifestyle, because it, it, there's so much there with lifestyle as well, you know, things like sleeping and, and exercising, et cetera. And then really giving them the support, because that is so key, isn't it? I mean, it's very well to say to somebody, OK, I want you to do this and this, but actually doing it is a different thing. So I talk to my clients every week uh, and really helping them get through this and, and giving them the support that they need, which... A lot of women in, in midlife feel very overwhelmed and stressed and, you know, they don't need someone telling them to do something. They want someone to help them to do it and give them ideas of how they can really fit yeah. it into their lifestyle. Yeah. Now, a little side sidetrack here, because I heard you say it over there as a registered nutritional therapist, you guys can give meal plans. Like, yes. Like pretty in-depth we- meal plans. Yeah, I can. I put together meal plans for my clients, depending on what they need and and everything. So, you know, a meal plan could be a seven day meal plan. It could be, you know, longer, two, three weeks. But it's more about giving people ideas of of, because this is a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. It's something that they would need to do 
for the rest of their life. So it's, but yeah, meal plans are quite common with nutritional therapists in, in Europe. Is that not something you do in the US? Um, in the US, register, so we have what's called registered dietitians, mm-hmm. which is kind of the same as a registered nutritional therapist, but less therapy side, more, I guess, more just nutrition side. Um, where they can't, you know, they go to school for it. They can give out, technically they can give out meal plans, but it's also by, it's by state. So like I grew up in the state of Illinois and nobody could give out meal plans or no registered dietitians could. Now I live in Florida and I don't think anybody can. Um, I have to look into that, but you have to be a registered dietitian to give out any sort of, you know, meal plan that's custom made to the person. Um, as a nutrition coach myself, I can give guidelines and suggestions and ideas, but they have to be kind of templated and they can't be like super, super customized um, because I can get a lot of trouble in a lot of trouble for it. And a lot of people have gotten in a lot of trouble for it. So, you know, somebody that, you know, needs a certain calorie amount or has certain dietary restrictions, I can like send them, you know, a basic seven day, like example here's what i would eat in your shoes kind of thing um you know maybe they need 2400 calories i give them like 2600 calories or 25 23 whatever um but we can't give out like full full full-blown meal plans okay no i didn't realize that no that's actually for you know registered nutritional therapists and i mean dietitians as well here that 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 is absolutely It's, it's not a problem. It's really, like I say, giving people ideas and, and depending on, you know, whether it's weight loss or, or whatever you, you want to achieve, you can do yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And so we kind of, you know, we in our academy give guidelines and, you know, templated days, example days um, on our app. We have, you know, people can like switch out meals for like uh, ones that are kind of close to it, you know, in, in the same numbers and stuff like that. But I can't literally be like, oh, these are the exact foods that you need to eat because I can get a lot of trouble. Okay. Yeah. That's strange though, isn't it? Really? Because that's the information people want. <laughs> well, and that's, that's the hardest part is like, I tell people all the time, I don't want to give you a custom meal plan um, because I will sit here for an hour and bust out like, you know, eat these exact foods, follow these exact measurements. You can hit these exact numbers all the time. I love doing that sort of work, but I can get one, I can get a lot of trouble for it. And two, I've noticed a lot. I don't know if you notice this a lot when people get a meal plan. And even if it's seven days of different stuff and you tell them to repeat it for a while, two to four weeks, and if there's seven days of variety, they're still going to be like, oh, I wish I had more variety. I don't know if you notice if you have that, you know, when, when with your clients, but it, everybody wants this variety when it comes to eating. But I always resort to if I'm going to give you a meal plan, you're going to eat like the same thing all the time. Yeah, no, I, I do understand that aspect. Yeah, people want and I, I find with my clients as well, it, it has to be easy. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. nothing complicated because they just haven't got time. It has to be realistic uh, suggestions that will benefit their health because it's they just won't spend hours in the kitchen they haven't got that time to spend hours in the kitchen yeah Yeah. that is that is the one thing with like there's apps out there that will like suggest foods and it'll come up with like the most detailed and like complicated meals and I'm just like I'm not gonna sit here and prep this for 45 minutes and then wait for it to cook like I need it done in like two seconds (laughs) 
Yeah, it's not happening, is it really? On a on a busy, you know, Monday evening when you when you've got your children at home, and you've been working all day, and you, it's just not going to happen, is it? Yeah, yeah. Now back to what you were talking about. You had mentioned that a lot of the deep dive that you go into, also, you know, you go test the hormones, you do the science and everything, but a lot of the deep dive you go into is behavior of their past or mentality of their past. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, how do you, how do you personally deep dive into somebody's past like that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating area that the, what we call the timeline, you, you really, you know, from the, the health questionnaire, you know, that there's um, areas where you ask about previous uh, operations or illnesses, you know, and that, you know, from when you were born, I mean, you even ask if you were a cesarean or you're a natural birth, because that affects the, well, many things, including the microbiome um, and, and really, you know, talking to the client and getting as much information out of them as, as they're willing to give about, you know, the events that have happened, you know, things like the illnesses that you've had when you're a child, you know, if you had like chicken pox or measles or, you know, things like that create certain stresses in the body mm -hmm. that can actually show in later life and, and mm -hmm. trauma is a, is a huge aspect you know if things have happened to you when you were younger you know if for example and I'm just making example if you're in a car accident or you know something very traumatic happened to you within a, within a family situation that can really affect your health in later life it doesn't always show immediately then but it can build up and, and you can really see when you look at the timeline of, of people, you can really see how it correlates with certain health issues that they have. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. And it's, I actually was talking about this on a, a recent call where we talked everything mindset mm -hmm. and talking about how not only just negative stuff, not like not just trauma, but also positive behaviors in your past can lead to how you behave today and I you know you just made up an example but I can give you a real life example is like everyone always I grew up skinny I've been trying to gain muscle mass for my entire life basically um graduated high school six feet tall 18 years old 104 pounds so like nothing people could like wrap their hand around my upper arm and uh I always told people, they're like, you know, how do you get blessed with such a metabolism? I was like, when I was, when I was younger, you know, if I wasn't getting ready for school or whatever, when, as soon as the sun came up, I was outside, you know, we're active, we're playing sports, we're doing stuff until the sun goes down on the weekends. And so I didn't eat a lot on the weekends. And now, nowadays I get, you know, I work Monday through Friday and then I get to the weekend and people are like, oh, how was your weekend? I'm like, ah, I, you know, kind of laid around um didn't really eat much and people are like oh that's weird you know you eat all the time when you're working you know trying to gain weight but you don't eat on the weekends and I was like I don't know it's kind of just like a a thing I get, got from my past you know I just don't eat on the weekends because I want to be active and I want to be outside and you know I want to be doing stuff and even now today I will wake up and if the sun's up and I've slept in I'm like beating myself up I'm like oh my gosh the sun's up like I'm wasting my day like so the behaviors that you reinforced in the past that were like either either positive or negative um mm. really play a huge role not only just in how you feel and your health and everything but like who you are today and your mentality and your mindset yeah there's there's a great uh, story there greg is i mean it's so true isn't it and it's, it's interesting what you said because you know i 
obviously the positive sides are crucial, but normally with the timeline, you, you know, you're looking at the I think we might have lost Allison, everybody. We're going to see if she's coming back. She was talking about the timeline. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, and she's gone. <laughs> well, everybody, uh, we're going to wait for Allison to come back. But for now, Let's just talk about mentality, like I was just talking about, talk about mindset and the timeline and everything. And the idea that, you know, when you're growing up, something that you positively, positively or negatively reinforced um, can play a role. Now, like I was never a stress eater. Uh, and I know a lot of people now they're stress eaters, but like, that's how they associated like, oh, you feel bad, like, here's a treat. You know, maybe it was their parents, maybe it was them, whatever it was. Um, you know, when I felt not, not felt bad, like sick, but like when I was stressed out, the last thing I wanted to do was eat growing up. And I wanted to go do something. I wanted to be productive. I wanted to maybe punch a wall <laughs> when I was stressed out. Um, but the idea is that that now led to the fact that like, when I'm stressed now, even if it's good stress, you know, I go to the gym, I have a really hard workout. Um, I don't want to eat right away. Like if you go to the gym and you have a super, super hard workout, like there, I'm not going to lie. There are times I, I have a super hard workout. And the first thing I want to do is I'm, I'm hungry. I want to eat. But most of the time I have a hard workout. And I'm putting stress in my body. And my body's like, Hey, let's calm down before we go eat. Let's calm down before we put food in here and like have to try to work to digest it. But even bad stress too. Like if I'm busy at work, not in bad stress, you know, being busy at work doesn't always have to be bad stress. could be good stress too, you know, just on in a groove. And then all of a sudden you look up and it's like, oh my gosh, seven hours has passed and I haven't eaten anything. But then you stop and you take a second. And we talked about this in the everything mindset call, go check that out. You stop, and you take a second. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry. Because a lot of times we, we either can get caught up in what we're doing, or we can get caught up in emotions. And that leads to the action afterwards. The, the behavioral cue or the emotional cue can lead to the behavioral or emotional action. So for example, I'm stressed out, that's an emotional cue. It's gonna lead, lead to the behavioral action of, I don't wanna eat, I just wanna be productive. I wanna get things done. I wanna relieve some of this stress by knocking off things off my to-do list. The reward is I'm gonna have a shorter to-do list. That's basically it. When you, when you don't know why you do something all the time, look at, it's called the CAR, the car of the behavior, of the behavior or the emotional pattern. Um, the cue, the action, the reward. You know, what you do, why you do it, what caused it. You know, if you get emotional, that's your cue. You're sad about your breakup. Your action is I can eat or I can sleep for a lot of people either eat or take a nap or 
I get sad. First thing I want to do is go to the gym, but that's how I was, that's how I was raised. I, you know, when I was sad. The first thing I wanted to do was go read a book or go for a run or go outside, take my mind off of it. Some people are different. And so you have to kind of look at like, okay, every time I get sad, why do I grab Ben and Jerry's ice cream? I don't feel good afterwards. It makes me feel good in the moment, but I don't feel good two days later. Like, why did I do that? Oh, we got Allison coming back in here. Sorry for my rant, everybody. We're going to wait for Allison to come back in. And then she's going to keep going about the timeline. But I hope you guys enjoyed my rant at least. Allison, you're back. I'm back. Sorry, I don't quite know what happened there. That's okay. That's okay. I... I kept everybody at bay with some dad jokes. Okay. No. Okay. no, I was talking, I was talking about, um, I went back to talking about, you know, behavioral patterns and how it affects your mindset and gave some more examples, but you were talking about the timeline before you. Yeah. And, and you would talk, you would talk about the, you look at the positive, um, you know, things that have happened in your life, which is really, I found really interesting because it's always the trauma and the negative things that people look at. Yeah. And you don't even like, I didn't even realize I didn't put two and two together until I was on that call with the other guests talking about mindset. And literally I was just like, even now today, like as a positive as a kid, it had turned into a negative, you know, that's the, you know, positive as a kid, the sun would be up. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, like got to scarf down my breakfast so I can go outside and play. Now it's like, if I wake up and the sun's already up, which is really hard to do in the summer in Florida because it's up at like the crack of dawn and I like to sleep in now, I'm still be, I'm like, I'm like mentally beating myself up and I'm like, well, I slept in, I wasted part of my morning and I can, it's not even like conscious sometimes. It, I will like, it's a negative consequence where I will kind of sit down and like relax because I'm not excited anymore. I'm not ready to take on the day because I already missed the sun coming up. Mm. And so like, even, you know, one of the days last week I got up, the sun was already up. I was like, Oh my gosh. You know, I took the dog out and I sat there and, you know, kind of nibbled on breakfast and turned on the TV. And all of a sudden, two hours later, I was like, Oh my, like I should probably start my day. Like, mm. so even the positive, the, the positive stuff back then has turned into sometimes a negative now so no, it's so. really really interesting actually to think you know of that that how it affects you you know what you do when you're younger does if, if it's something that you do regularly it does affect you in later life whether it affects you in a positive or, or a negative way oh yeah oh yeah but you were mentioning that you dive into the timeline with your clients and how exactly do you do that with with them well, it's more, you know, get it's, it's, you know, when you when you have a client for the first time, it also depends on how much they're prepared to open up because, you know, yeah. the, the traumatic experiences that people have had, you know, it's, it's upsetting, you know, it can be very traumatic to talk about them. And the, the more that you work with a client or the more I work with a client and, and you build a relationship with them, then the, the more that they open up. So in the initial consultation, I, I would go through the, the health questionnaire and, and that gives you you know different dates and times in the person's life if if it's to do with operations or medication um traumatic experiences to really gain that information and then try and you when when 
I put the timeline together, it, it's really like linking all these things. So if you, for example, say someone suffers from migraines, yeah. and you, you say, okay, when did these migraines start? And they say, okay, they started when I was in my early 20s. You would then look to see what happened to that person in their early 20s. Is there anything that happened there that could have triggered you know, this event off in their life, whether it was to do with maybe some medication they were taking or some trauma or, you know, what I see a lot as well is people that have constantly been on these like yo-yo diets, you know, mm -hmm. the, the people that have constantly been trying to lose weight since they were a teenager. You, know, you can see how that is, is linked to health issues, absolutely, because, you know, it's that you lose the weight, you eat normally again and you normally put the weight back on and maybe more and you get into this like roller coaster effect so that that's a a big thing that you see on on the timelines and how that affects people's health yeah i think the biggest thing i ask that has to do with like questionnaire wise it doesn't have to do with the timeline i should i should start deep that like you said you know you know oh i started getting migraines in my 20s like look at like what happened in their 20s um, the biggest thing I ask is like, how do you best cope with stress? Now, 90% of the time, the answer is I don't, but then that doesn't really help me. But <laughs> um, I always ask people like, how do you best deal or cope with stress? And like I said, most people are like, I don't. And I'm like, well, that will be a big factor in how well you see results. Yeah. I mean, stress is, is such a huge thing is, I mean, you could, you could just do a whole podcast on stress and not oh, even really I know. It. It's, it's a I huge know. thing. And it really is like the enemy of menopause uh, for women, you know, midlife women is so detrimental because of all the things that happen, the, the hot stress hormones and, and the lack of estrogen and everything. It really is so detrimental for, for midlife women. And I, I say to my clients, you know, if you're only going to do one thing for your health, work on stress management, because that you will really see the biggest results from that. Yeah. Now, do you like, I, I, obviously people get stressed a lot and it's probably worse during menopause, right? Yeah, it, it is because you, midlife women normally, you know, they have a, a career, they've, they've got children at home possibly, they've got aging parents that maybe need looking after more, you know, and they're running the home. So they're already very stressed. Mm -hmm. and, and quite overwhelmed the, the women that I see and you know when menopause suddenly starts creeping up there they don't always realize that they're going into perimenopause because the because the symptoms of menopause are, are quite similar to what you would have when you're tired and stressed and overwhelmed you know like fatigue headaches aches and pains brain fog memory loss you know that that that's all what can happen when you're very stressed so it's being aware really and understanding that okay i might be tired and stressed but this isn't normal you know this yeah. could be to do with my hormones yeah and that's that what you just said is so important because so many people will be like oh i'm just tired and they'll just like shake it off hmm. and then you know they don't res relate it back to the fact that like no this is, you know, this isn't normal. Like this needs to be something that might have to be addressed, you know, like, and you probably know more than anybody is like the power that fitness and nutrition has in 
hormone balance and just being able to make people feel better. Yeah, totally. I mean, lifestyle, exercise, uh, nutrition has a huge impact on how you feel. I mean, and and especially what you need to think when you go into perimenopause, you, you need to just start looking after yourself that little bit more. Um, because estrogen and progesterone, the, the female sex hormones, they, you know, we have estrogen receptors all over our body. So when your estrogen starts to decline, you know, it, it virtually affects every system of the body. Mm-hmm. It is such a crucial hormone for women. And, and really, you know, understanding that you're at that age and, okay, maybe am I in perimenopause or, or not? And, and getting the support and help that you need. I think menopause has got a bit of a stigma attached to it. And it's still, I don't know what it's like in the US, but in, it's getting better in Europe. There's a, there's a bit of a menopause revolution going on here where people, you know, women are like, no, we've had enough. We want support and we want help. This, this yeah. is, you know, I'm not being fobbed off by the doctor anymore. I want to get the help that I deserve. But it still has that image attached to it menopause which is it's difficult to get over that I mean I remember with my mother and my grandmother it was you know it was called the change and that you just didn't speak about it because it was just very you know it was forbidden you just didn't talk about it no over here over here in the over here in the U.S. we um and this is only from people I've worked with or talked to uh, menopause is usually for a lot of women, not every woman, but for a lot of women, it's when they, you know, they talk about the change and they, some people don't like to talk about it. And then they're like, oh yeah, I hit menopause. So like all of my fitness is just done. Like there's no point anymore. Hmm. How sad. I, that's I, terrible. I, that's really sad. And that's, and that's what I, and like I said, not every woman feels that way, but that is for a lot of people, you know, like we as Americans, and I won't say a lot, we like to just resort to like the first conclusion we come to, mm-hmm. which is, and I did it too growing up. Oh, I'll never be able to put on muscle mass. You know, I, I will just always be skinny. You know, I've tried eating every hour on the hour, you know, I'll just always be skinny. And, you know, a lot of people won't kind of ask the questions a little like, well, well, why can't I do that? You know, what could I change to be able to do that? Um, and that's, that's a whole other call <laughs> talking about yeah. that. But um, the idea is that, you know, in America and a lot of other places too, um, like you talked about the change, the forbidden change, stuff like that. Women tend to see menopause as like, oh, like I'm declining. So why, why even try anymore? Yeah, well, 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 really, it should be, you know, it, it, you should embrace this time in your life because, I mean, it, it's what, what we have to remember is it's a totally natural process. It's not oh, a yeah. disease. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is a transition that every woman will go through. Yeah, and it should be embraced. And I, I think, you know, to help you get through this time period, if you look at it in a more positive view, and, and think, you know, embrace this. I'm, I'm a, a slightly older woman. I'm going through the menopause transition, but look how amazing and wise mm-hmm. I am and how much knowledge I've got. It's really interesting that um, there's not many creatures like that go through menopause. 
plants, uh, human beings and, and whales, actually, the, the whales go through menopause. And killer whales, I, I think this is so great because it's so positive. Um, the, the female killer whale actually goes through menopause around the age of 40, 45. Mm -hmm. And when they've gone through this transition, they then become the leader of the pod. So the pod is, is, can consist of 30, 40 killer whales. So they become the leader of this pod because they're so wise and they've got so much knowledge and, and they can live for another like 40 years and they lead like these other 30, 35 whales, which is extremely positive. And it really makes you think that, you know, that the older woman that's gone through menopause is very wise and it should be a time where you embrace your knowledge and, and life. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about, but I actually am reading about it right now is there are, there are two different types of people that think about things. Um, I like to think of it as preventative or like proactive versus reactive. Um, like I talked about earlier, a lot of people just, kind of, you know, they'll see something or they'll see somebody else do something and they will just come to this conclusion that they can't do it or they'll never be able to do it, or that's not them. Um, and actually I'm reading about it in this book and they call that common sense knowledge. And they said like 80 plus percent people have common sense knowledge where they like, even if they're like, if, if, it's, if it's at a job and you just start a new job and you see somebody who's like just a step above you and you see them doing something that you haven't been taught yet, a lot of people will just be like, oh, I'll, I'll never get there. Like I'll, mm. I'll never be in their shoes. Like, I, I wonder how long they've worked here to be able to get, to be able to get that, you know, to be able to do that versus what's on the opposite side is what I was talking about earlier is the scientific knowledge of like, well, you know, embracing it, like you said, embracing it and being like, well, why, you know, how can I get there? You know, how mm. can I improve, you know, being proactive, like I said, versus being reactive into like, well, you know, the situation I'm in, it sucks. I, I hate it. You know, you just start perimenopause and you're just like, but how can I best prepare for what's about to happen? Yeah, you know? totally. And it's, it's so true what you were saying, you know, you, you, you should just embrace this. If you see like your example, if you see someone that's doing something and you say, oh, I'll never be able to do that. But why will you never be able to do that? I mean, it's, it's all about, wow. You know, you should look at that person and say, that's fantastic that they're doing that. I want to be able to do that. I'm going to learn to do that and be great and even better than them. And it all comes back to how you see the world. It's a mindset, isn't it? The, mi the, the mentality and the mindset is, like I said, you know, when I was younger, I looked at other people and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I could ever do that. And now knowing what I know, it was all, you know, my mindset, my, maybe even my insecurities, you know, projecting outwards and it still happens to this day. I'm not going to say it doesn't, but like the more you can kind of shut those down and kind of be like, no, I'm going to be able to do that one day. The more you can get out of what you're doing. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I'm, I'm truly believe if you really, really want to do something and you know, you really put your mind and heart to it, you can, you can do anything you want to do. Yeah. Now I do have a question for you talking about mindset and mentality when you have and i i'm i'm guessing i'm guessing here but i can almost like guarantee that it's happened to you when you have a woman that you worked with going through 
kind of a crisis of mindset, a crisis of mentality where they are losing motivation or they're seeing changes in their body that are negative and they just, everything's, you know, falls down the drain. How do you work through that? Okay. Well, what we first we do is we, we sit down and we really go back to basics. Mm-hmm. And, and I really ask this person like, okay, how, how are you feeling right now? Why are you feeling like this? Because it can turn into like a negative spiral, can't it? That they're all oh, nothing's working and, you know, I'm awful and I should be doing this, should be doing that. Really sitting down with them and asking them how they're feeling and then giving them lots of like positive energy really trying to say to them you know you can do this just take one step at a time do small tiny steps every day and it will give you huge results so, and, and I think not making absolutely not making people feel guilty or bad no no no, no. About anything that they've done I mean really just telling them that they can do it and, mm-hmm. and giving them the encouragement and the positive uh, energy that, that, that they can do this because you know, we, we're, none of us are perfect, are we? We all have days where it goes wrong yeah. or, you know, and, and when you're doing a nutritional program or I'm sure you find as well, Greg, that, you know, people in the beginning of the, the program, they're very motivated because, you know, they want to feel better. And after maybe like three to four weeks, it does vary. They're still motivated, but you can see some of the small habits just creeping back in or, they're not quite as motivated as they were. So you really have to keep that person on track as well and, and give them positivity and, and, and tell them that they're doing great and, and really giving them ideas of how they can implement these new things in, in a way that it will become a habit. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I totally agree, you know, keeping them, keeping them motivated, but also keeping them reinforced and what, what you're trying to do or what they're trying to do right hmm. and yeah in, in a nice way making, in a nice way in a nice way yeah accountable for their actions i think as well because they, they want somebody even you do it in a nice way they still want somebody there to say to them you know why did you do that or mm-hmm. you know no you shouldn't really have done that you know in a nice way because you they have to be accountable to get results really you can't be too nice <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I've fallen into that trap of being too nice and also being too hard and find, finally found the balance after years of coaching. But I've fallen into that trap of being too nice and being everybody's best friend. You know? Yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? It's finding a, a the, the middle area really where you, cause yeah. you obviously want to be nice, but you still need the client to feel that there's someone there kind of, you know, watching them. Yeah, exactly. In a nice way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, how you how, you said how long have you been a nutritional therapist? I I qualified as a nutritional therapist five years ago. Okay, and what were you doing before then? Working as a, a esthetician. That's right. That's right. Working as an esthetician. Now, when did you find that balance of how to, you know, not be too nice but not be too hard on people? Well, I think because I've been working with clients in the health and wellness industry over 30 yeah. years. Okay. I, 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 it was first, it was skin health and now it's nutrition. Um, I think I, I kind of found that 
I mean, I started working as an esthetician when I was like in my 20s. So I think maybe it took me about five years to really understand that I wasn't being overly nice and like a people pleaser. Yeah. Didn't necessarily get me the results that I wanted from the client. So it, it took me a while, five years from of, of really understanding, you know, how to 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 be with clients, but in a, in a nice, but a, a energizing, positive way. So about five years. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. You know, that's good. You know, if, if you learn that right away, I would be kind of, I'd be kind of scared. You learn every day, don't you? I mean, I, I'd learn from clients every day that I work oh, yeah. with them. Oh yeah. So yes, it's, it's an ongoing learning journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's crazy that you have been working in the health field for that long. Mm. I'm just getting started. <laughs> Compared to that, I'm just getting started. No, it's 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 a one. I think it's a fam- fabulous industry to be in because you you help people, and you know, and I, I just gives me so much pleasure to see someone that's you know really suffering to be able to turn their health around and turn them into a you know a, a happy confident person that's bursting with energy it's, there's nothing better really nothing more rewarding yeah yeah especially probably while they're going through menopause you know it's probably really rewarding to see people be like i you know i feel great yeah yeah it is it's, it's nothing better you know if you can help people in that way and you know some women that come to me are really initially they're just they're just exhausted and it's like exhaustion on another level when when your estrogen's declining and they don't know what to do they, they're just lost for ideas yeah you know yeah. giving them the support and the advice and just turning their health around it is, it is it's, it's a wonderful thing to see that's awesome that's awesome well Allison do you have any last remarks on menopause or anything we talked about today yeah I mean I, I think for, for your audience Greg that the, the ladies out there that you know maybe are coming into perimenopause and and menopause is really is that what I would say is to get the advice and support that you need because it it isn't normal to feel terrible you know you don't have to feel the way that you're feeling so you know go to a healthcare provider and and get the help that you need and and realize that you need to put yourself first you really need to prioritize your health and, and look after yourself so you know don't don't suffer in silence really ask for help Mm -hmm. that's great that's great advice that's great advice well everyone thank you for listening go check out allison i'm going to tag her in the show the show notes um i'm going to put her info in the show notes i'm also going to tag her on any posts i put on social media so go check out allison go check out the work she's doing allison thank you for joining me today it was awesome Oh, thank you, Greg. That's, it's been lovely talking to you. It's such an interesting subject. We could talk for hours. <laughs> oh, I know. And we could branch off into multiple different things. But for now, we're going to close the show off as always. Everybody out there, keep sweating, keep smiling, and I will talk to you guys soon. See ya.